Hi, welcome to Exploring Illusion of Free Will. My name is George Ortega. I'm here with my co-host, Anel. Anel, good to see you. Okay, this is show number 117, Exploring Our Unconscious Unfree Will. Okay, and here's the thing. Usually when we think of our about, about free will and why we don't have it, we think that, like, well, it's because things have causes. If, if everything has a cause, our decisions have causes, and the causes of our decisions have causes, and this causal chain of cause and effect regresses back to before we were born. That's the basic reason, right? A lot of people, for whatever reason, can't understand that. So this show is about explaining in a completely different way that doesn't rely on causality why free will is completely impossible. Okay, and it's like, basically the idea is like we have an unconscious, okay? And by definition, the unconscious is the part of our mind that we're not conscious of. That's why they call it the unconscious, okay? In other words, right now, what you're conscious of is you're listening and watching me, and you might be conscious of a few other things, like how hot it is, if there's light, whatever, other people in the room. We can only be conscious of a few things at most at a time, usually just one or two, whatever. So that means that the rest of your mind is in your unconscious. And if, if the unconscious, by definition, is a part of our mind we're not aware of, because we can only be aware of what we're aware of at any moment, we obviously can't control the unconscious. So if the unconscious is like, you know, part of our mind we can't control, it's actually making the decisions for us. How can anybody think there could be an effect without a cause? No, no, no. This is unconscious. This oh, I know, but you're talking about cause and effect. <laughs> no, but no, that's All what right, I'm saying. If I had a free will, I would have been paying attention better. All right, go All ahead. Right. All right, I can talk about the unconscious. Yes, because and, and, and this, this is a challenging topic. Let me tell you something. Because, like, people get causality. They don't get it because if they got it, they'd understand why free will is impossible. But, like, at least they understand the concept of it. This whole thing about the unconscious is much more nebulous to people. So that's why, we, you know, this is, like, our third, fourth show doing this. And we've got to keep doing this because, like, cause it, it's a difficult concept. All right. Now, all right. You're making a decision, right? Let's Man. say you make a decision. What are you going to base that decision on? Let's say it's, like, a decision to what... what um, what to have for dinner I'm going to try to give me whatever gives me the most pleasure and the least amount of pain. Okay. But let's say it's like, let's say it's a decision between, let's say, you want to see a movie, like one or two movies, right? One or two movies? No, between, you're choosing between... Uh, okay. Right, right. I so, thought meant to see one or... Okay. Right, right. But even that, all right, so like, if you're going to make, make that kind of decision, you have to base it on stuff, right? Now, this stuff, where... What I think I'll like more. Right. And, and, and like... How do you determine what you like more? My preferences from my past. Right. Now, prior knowledge of what I've watched in that genre with the actors, maybe. The plot, if I know the plot. Right. Now here's Assuming the, they're the same price, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so here's the thing. So like you're making that decision, right? And you're conscious of, what you, of the, the choice. You're conscious like, should I see this movie or that movie, right? The rest of all that stuff that's considered in the decision isn't in your conscious mind. That's right. And so what happens is, like, we ask ourselves, well, which movie should I see? We don't consciously, freely decide. We, we wait until that answer arises from our unconscious. And Seemingly we can... out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, like we were saying, you can only have one thought at a time, right? Or say yes. one sentence at a time. So you're, my entire history of my life is in me somewhere. Yes. I'm not aware of it. Exactly. So when you go to make a decision on a movie... Your entire history of your whole life is part of that decision. But you can only have one thought at a time. So 
99, I would say 99% of your life is in your unconscious slash subconscious. Right, and uh, um, one way to say it is 99% of, and the rest of it is conscious. Another way to say it, though, is that actually our unconscious is really our mind in its entirety. The unconscious is running the show. Yes, because what happens is, like, the reason I say it's 100% is because, like, let's say you're in a dark room, and let's say the dark room represents your, un- your mind. That's where everything is stored, right? And our consciousness is like there's this flashlight in the dark room that it's like beaming. It's like highlighting parts of itself. So anytime like the unconscious makes something conscious, it's just making, it's just making part of itself. I don't, know, I don't know what camera I'm looking at because all the lights went out. Ah, thanks. All right, it's making like, you know, any consciousness, it's the unconscious choosing to focus on a part of itself, choosing to make a part of itself conscious. That conscious part is just the tip of the iceberg. Right. Most of it is in the unconscious. At the very last second, you're saying it's like a flashlight? Yeah, and, and then the iceberg um, analogy. analogy. Yeah, but it's not completely correct. You know why? Because like this iceberg is completely underwater. There's, I mean, don't... Oh, other, the consciousness isn't the tip? All right, yeah, because this iceberg, it's actually... Um, um, an orb. It's like a big, like, ball yeah. that, like, it's kind of, like, turning a little. So, like, there's a tiny bit that goes over the surface of the water, but that's constantly changing, right? You know, depending on what we want to, like, be conscious of or what we're conscious of any moment. So, in other words... It's, it's also like a big sponge under there. It's absorbing things from your past. Yes. And storing it. Yes. All right, now, again, the unconscious... Think about it. The reason they called the unconscious the unconscious, we're not aware of it. And like, if any time, like, if we want, if we want to, like, you know, decide which movie to go to, what to eat, what to do, any decision you you make, you have to base it on data. And a lot of times, people do things they don't know why they're doing it. That's a good point. But the, just because you don't know the causes doesn't mean they don't exist. Right. And, and so it's in the unconscious. You make any decision. Let's say, you know, well, I want to, like, see this movie instead of this one. Then you ask yourself, well, why do you want to? And then you might say, well, because it's a comedy. I prefer comedies to other. And then you, you say to yourself, well, why do you prefer comedies? Well, because ultimately you're going to get to a point where I don't know. I just, that's the way I am. That's the unconscious. Ah, oh, that's fine. Oh, we didn't describe, uh, define free will and why it's important for this show. All right, let's do that. All right, I'll start. Well, I'll start. What, tell me, to define free will. All right, if we had a free will, free will is like the biggest fairy tale ever. It's a lie. It's a <laughs> s- sinful That's lie. It's not defining it, but okay. <laughs> free will, if free will is that stuff would, ult- would actually be up to us, that we wouldn't be puppets, we wouldn't be robots, automatons, you know, that's free will. So free will is being able to make a decision that's 100% independent of your genetics and conditioning. Yes. And it's totally impossible, like you say, it's a fairy tale. Uh, why is that important to not believe? Why is this show important? The, the show, this is the most important show, along with your show, because you've got a bigger audience. This I is mean, Manhattan and White Plains. Yeah. Yes, actually, our show is the most important, biggest shows ever in the history of the planet, because we just did a show on this. Because nice to be humble without free will, but anyway. Well, well that's the thing. I we can can't say take credit this. for it. If I believed in free will, that might sound a little arrogant or conceited or boastful and stuff. But I know that nothing that I do is up to me, and that's why I can say this in complete modesty and honesty. So, so here's the thing. So this is the biggest thing ever, because humanity, the human species, the human race, everybody is completely deluded about who we are and what our place in the universe is.
I agree. And why does this matter? Well, it's the biggest thing ever because believing in free will or anytime you make an action, uh, your free will encompasses everything. So no matter what you do in life, you have some paradigm of free will or not. And basically in that paradigm touches law, school, uh, work, crime and punishment, rewards and I mean, you can't, religion, you can't do anything in life that doesn't have free will or not free will affecting it. Yes. So how, why is it the biggest thing ever? Because it encompasses everything. Right. Let's no say, matter what you say about finding aliens or learning about life after death or happiness pill, whoever's discovering those things will have to not believe in free will so they don't think they're the ones doing it. That's true. It encompasses all the other things that you think are so great. It's very important because, like, you know, modesty, humility, you know, it's important, you know, like, because when we're boastful and arrogant and stuff, it separates us from other people. So when we think we have a free will, we, we become proud of what we do. That's not good. To the extent that we understand nothing is up to us, then we're no better than anyone else. Nobody else is better than us. We're like, you know, it, it's, it, it makes everyone equal. No, but I'm saying some of the other things that will be the biggest thing ever, like finding intelligent life, Life, figuring out what happens after death and a happiness pill can't compare to not believing in free will because the belief in free will or not encompasses all the other accomplishments. All right, here's the thing. In right. other words, it's a way of looking at things. Right. It's a consciousness. If there's, if there's, and we got to get back to the topic after this. Right. If, Do you if, understand what I'm saying? Yes. If, there, if there's um, an afterlife, okay, we wouldn't have a free will in the afterlife either, because let's say we're angels up there, like the hanging scientists out that discover the afterlife. Are they believing they freely will that discovery? Oh, no, you're is right. More important. No, okay. you're right. Absolutely. So if we discover that there is no af- that there is fated, an afterlife, fated to discover. Right. It wouldn't have been up to the the scientists anyhow. It's like the universe making them discover that. But but then the question is like, you know, if you had if you could only know like you could either know for sure that there's like an afterlife, or know for sure that that there's no free will. I don't know. Even though I, th- no free will is the biggest thing ever, I think I'd probably want to like know for sure that like there's like an eternal afterlife. I don't know. Hmm. You mean if the universe gave me the quote unquote quote unquote choice, right? One I would or the do other. whatever is the most hedonic, hedonic imperative. In other words, the pleasure principle, sigma, whatever gave me the most pleasure and the least amount of pain. I could only choose one or the other. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, it would make me feel better if you told me that there was an afterlife. That's me too. So, like, but what, was I blissful in it? Yes, you'd have to be. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, because otherwise, like, an afterlife where there's no bliss. I mean, that and that's another thing why this is important. No, like, the biggest thing ever would be being happy all the time. Right. Well, yeah. A pill that discovered that. Absolutely. But, uh, I don't but, know how it's possible. All right, but like knowing what happens after death, this happiness pill and stuff, it hasn't happened. So that's why this is the biggest thing ever. We got to get back. The unconscious. Yeah, right. This is conceivable that can happen. Those are a little. Yeah. Right. right. The unconscious. All right. So you're making any decision, okay? You're basing it on memories. You know, like, am I going to wear brown shoes or sneakers, okay? Mm. Brown shoes, brown sneakers, shoes. This stuff isn't in your conscious mind because you're only conscious of whatever. So it has to be in your unconscious. Okay, if you're going to decide between these factors that are in your unconscious and your unconscious isn't accessible to your conscious mind, that means the decision has to be made at the level of the unconscious. You get that? Like, if, if, if all the data that we're making any decision... What if I told you I like brown shoes because it's my favorite color? All right, then you ask yourself, well, why is it your favorite color? 
And again, the thing is... So the unconscious has to be in play. Right, and, and you might say to yourself... So you might know why you chose those shoes because they're your favorite color, but you don't know why it's your favorite color. Exactly. Basically, I could tell you that everything is a genetic predisposition. That's why. Well, yeah, or, or it could be like conditioning. We could be like... A genetic predisposition means your genetics interacting with the environment. Everything... Yes. Now I'm going out on a limb here. Everything is a genetic predisposition. Everything. Name something... We're li- we, you know, we're live. We haven't. We're not live, and you know, we're taped, but we don't rehearse this. Name something that could be that could not be a genetic predisposition. I agree with you. I mean, even oh, you though, do. Oh, that's good no, no, me. absolutely. Because like, even though like conditioning, like we may have a certain predisposition, genetic predisposition, whatever, and our conditioning may influence or change that. But it's our initial ge- genetic conditioning that determines whether the conditioning, the environmental conditioning will, will change it. I believe everything is genetic genetic predisposition. It's got to be. Fundamentally, absolutely. Because the, the genes... So depression isn't a choice, a free choice. Homosexuality, is it's all genetic predisposition. You were genetically... Pre- so when these guys say you're going to hell if you're gay, they had no choice in the matter. All right, then that's, that's another... like Free choice. Re- yes, with religion, they threaten you, you know, if you're not like this, if you don't believe this, you don't believe that, whatever then you're going to suffer eternally. You know, that's like, that's like you know, that's not true. I mean, like, first, they don't know that, but it's, it's a very hateful belief. So, like, to, understand you, to, to the extent you understand that nobody has a free will... Well, Christianity, you if you don't use that. your free will and believe in Jesus, you go to hell. I know. So that's bl- emotional blackmail. How's that, free, how's that a, giving you free will? It should be... I heard that guy on the Internet say, if you believe in God or Jesus, fine. If you don't, fine. <laughs> that's, that would be a freely... But to say, if you don't believe in me, you're going to suffer eternally in hell... I know. The unconscious. All right, let's go back to that. The unconscious. All right, what is the unconscious by definition? Why do they call it the unconscious? They call it the unconscious because it's stuff we're not conscious of. That's why, you know, we, you're, again, you're only conscious of what you're thinking, feeling, saying, doing, moment by moment. Your consciousness is kind of like a stream of experience. It's constantly changing. You're focusing on one thing, then you focus on the next. You focus on the next thing. It's only one thing at a time, at most two or three. So that means the rest of the stuff is in your unconscious. Now here's the thing. You might say like, well I know, I'm aware of why I chose to wear brown shoes instead of white sneakers today. All right? You might say that, right? But here's the thing. What's happening in that case is your unconscious is making you aware of why it chose that. Because, like, I could, I could, like, have made that choice and not been aware of why. Right. Okay, this is, like, so important because the, the reason this is important is because, like, this understanding of why do we don't have a free will doesn't require causality. It doesn't depend on... A lot of your life is unconscious just because it's routine. Yes. You do things... Like have breakfast, shower, wake up in the middle and go to the bathroom. They're just, un- they're just on automatic pilot. It's your body. It works just fine without you being in control with it. I mean, you don't have to know what you're doing and you just do it. Exactly. These survival things just happen. Oh, yeah. Look, today I had breakfast and uh, I usually have one oatmeal package and today I had three. I don't know why. You know, it just just happened. I wasn't really aware of what I was just... I guess I was hungrier, right? Exactly. But it's not like I went through a whole long process of deciding. It just happened. All right. We're going to go... You know with, what that means? Um, yeah. Yes. And I'm, gonna, I'm glad you mentioned that because now we're going to, like, explain this empirically through scientific studies. They'll take a person, all right? They'll hook them up to the uh, an MRI machine, like, to measure their brain waves and an electromyogram to measure muscle activity. 
okay? And they'll have their, their finger or their hand on a button, and the, the researcher will say, like, when you, um, I want you to press the button, but when you um, decide that you're going to press the button, at that moment there's a clock that they're going to look at. I want you to tell us exactly where that clock is. The, the hand on the clock is moving very quickly, so, like, you know, it's very exact. Now, here's the thing. Ten seconds before the person is aware of their decision to, to press that button, the researchers have already detected that which button or when they're going to press it in is their this unconscious. Is Benjamin Lebet or whatever his name yes, is? Yes, Benjamin Lebet, yes. Is he French? I don't Might know. be Lebet. <laughs> I, I think you're right, it is Lebet. Is he, if he's French. Uh, Right. Yeah, but I heard someone say that just meant they were being the, the, the activity in the brain just meant they were getting ready to make a decision. Well, Did here's you ever hear thing. that That's, argument. Yes, but there's a thing called the readiness potential. Yeah, that the readiness potential is like um, unconsciously when a muscle is about to to activate, you know, gets back beyond a certain point where it's good. There's it's not a question of whether it will or not. It will activate, right? And they can measure that with the electromyogram. So basically what, what's happening is like they're measuring this readiness potential before the person is consciously aware of making decision to move. <laughs> that's that's and this is like science. This is this isn't conjectural. This isn't theoretical. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, all right, so like People were saying, they just came out with a new study. People were saying, all right, well, that just applies to, like, whether you're going to press a button or not, right? But this guy who, who's been doing research soon and some other guys, they just did an experiment, just got published recently, where, like, it doesn't, it's not just about muscle activity. They, they were told to, like, to give a sum, you know, to add, like, two numbers or something, and then, like, when they're conscious of the action, of, of the decision to tell the researcher, again, Four seconds before they were conscious of their answer in this mathematical problem, the researchers... So you're saying there's brain activity going on before we're aware of it. The decision is already made before we're aware of it by some time lapse. Yeah. That's fascinating. It's amazing. And you can't refute that. How are you going to refute that? Five, ten seconds before you know... Even if it's a .0001... Even the decisions made on at a neural synapse level before we're aware of it. I know Benjamin. Why Lebet, does it matter how many seconds? No, no, yeah, the, point oh, oh, one I know, of a the second. reason it matters. LeBay, Benjamin LeBay, came out with this research in like the eighties, eighty-five or so, and his initial results what were that like, you know, that the brain had decided, let's say, a few hundred milliseconds before you were consciously aware. All right, and people were saying, ah, it might be like a flaw in the apparatus, the methodology. All right. And the reason this new research is important, four seconds before... Who's, who's ten, the new research? This guy, Soon, S-O-O-N. Uh, some other guys also. S-O-O-N? Yeah. And I think, I think his, his latest uh, research came out in Science Magazine, which is like there's two premier science magazines that are like, you know, more important than the rest of them put together. Hmm. And so it, it just got published in it. So let's talk about why this is the biggest thing ever again. Or no, because no. we're on the unconscious. Oh, you want to talk about the unconscious? Yeah, and, and let me tell you something. Uh, okay, so discovering that the unconscious makes free will impossible, how does that rank in your refutation? Is it one of the number one re- ways uh, to refute free will? Uh, you had to, or causality reigns supreme? That's a good point. All right. To me, all right, like causality is the most basic thing. Because, like, how, how simple is it to understand that 
everything has a cause, and if everything has a cause, all of our decisions have a cause, that means we can't have a free will. That's really, really simple. Yeah, that's number one. Okay. But the problem with that is, like, some people don't get it. I don't know why <laughs> they don't get it. I mean, if the, the I know why they don't get it. They don't have the causal, causal history to get it. Exactly. So, so the, number one is causality. Go ahead. So the, the value of this free will refutation, the unconscious, is that it refutes free will in a way that absolutely doesn't require any kind of consideration of causality. Having said that, you know, like the unconscious mind, if we make a decision that we are conscious of, there's causes to that also. So like if there's a decision made at the level of the unconscious where all our decisions are actually made, it's, it's causal also. So in other words, our unconscious mind refutes free will in two ways. But, we are, but you know, basically this show is just about how, you know, the fact that we have unconscious doesn't, re- 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 you know, it doesn't matter whether things have causes or not. If, the, if our decisions are based on the unconscious, they can't be freely willed. Mm-hmm. All right, let's, let's go through this again. Explain to them why, you know, all this thing about, you know, because they got to hear this Explain more than what? once. The whole thing, because like, because <laughs> you got to understand, this is revolutionary. You're, you're trying to get people to understand stuff that they don't really think about. The whole thing from the beginning? Absolutely. The We're belief gonna... in free will is the most toxic... No, 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 the unconscious. Explain to the them why... The unconscious, well, uh, I mean, I can only have one thought at a time. My whole life is in me somewhere, so, I mean, if I can only have one thought at a time, obviously everything I'm deciding with, to me, is like... You know, I'm, I'm not aware of what I'm making my decisions on. Even if I am, and you can say, well, why is why are you wearing this jacket? Well, I like a nice blue sport. Well, why do you, you know, I don't know why, but I just, you know, somewhere from my childhood conditioning, it became a part of me. And so if I were to say to you, yeah, but you're conscious of the decision you made, so that makes it free what would you say to that? You mean if you said to me, I know the reason why? Well, yeah, let's say you are, no, let's, let's say that I say to you, like, let's say... Yeah, but I'm... Uh, if I'm conscious of the decision of the making, it still has a cause, right? I mean, right. But but all right, let, you can you can address this. All those without causes the are in the unconscious. There you go. That's the thing. In other words, like I'm only conscious of the very last split second of it. Right. So, I, I like the tip of the iceberg theory, but I know what you're saying. So, I'm only conscious of a tiny fraction of my life's history at one moment. Right. And since and since this consciousness is constantly changing. That means that the rest of it is part of the unconscious. Again, all your... And, or here, I'm not conscious of my unconscious. It's, it comes in dreams and hypnosis and things that you're not even aware of that are in your life that from childhood that were a part of me, but I can't remember them. It exactly. happened to me, but I don't know... I mean, they're all just a part of a mosh pit of my brain. Right, because if we, if we could consciously recall and decide, nobody would ever have to study for a test. You know, why do people study for the test to, like, get those neural connections, to get them... All right, I, w- I want to go through this. I didn't go through this before. It's important. Okay, there's three components to any decision you make. First, there has to be a rationale for the decision. In other words, why are you making it? Justification. And, and that, that, that relies on data, memories, stuff you've learned, stuff you've experienced, all right? This stuff is all in the unconscious, because our conscious mind is not a memory storage mechanism. It only is an awareness thing. It's not a decision-making mechanism. All right, so like, the first component is data. It's in the unconscious. The second component to a, making a decision is the processing of that data. Okay, in other words, like, you've got to apply some kind of like, you know, oh no, the, the second, uh, uh, the processing, I would, I would say third. The second is the principles. In other words, you have the data and 
there's got to be reasons why. In other words, like we're hedonic creatures. So you've got a choice between A and B. What makes A better than B? And naturally it would be that it would, it would like create more pleasure or less pain. It's the right thing to do. So basically there are principles, principles upon which we base any decision. The third component is like, all right, you've got the data and you've got the principles. You've got to have some processing like a computer does that applies the principles to the data. So like, now here's the thing. The important thing about this is like, if the data is in the unconscious and the principles are in the unconscious, when you make a decision, you're not aware of, of, of why you're making it, the principles, the hedonic imperative, the moral imperative. This stuff is in your unconscious. So if your data and your principles are in your unconscious, obviously, categorically, irrefutably, the processing has to be in the unconscious also. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Do you think they got it? I don't know. I hope so. If if you if like you're not aware you're not aware of what's in the unconscious. That's why it's unconscious. That unless can't you do like uh, hypnosis or something to find out what's in the unconscious? All right. Let's say you hypnotize a person and or dream you, therapy, right? Or? And and you make them aware of something that's in their unconscious. They can do that. They can do that absolutely. Or another way you can do that, you could like open up a person's brain and like put a little like um, like touch a part of the brain. The person will remember something that they hadn't remembered before. It's amazing stuff. So here's the thing: in those cases, whether it's hypnosis or some other method you're still making the unconscious conscious. That stuff is still in the unconscious. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, this, let me tell you something. This, you know, causality is cool, but just the fact that our entire mind is the unconscious. So you think the unconscious argument is the second highest reason why, I have like 20 reasons here, but you think that's number two? Yeah, you know why? Because like, all right, when we talk about... I think about, the hedonic imperative is, is number two. Yes, but you want to know something? The hedonic imperative that we always seek pleasure, avoid pain, is in the unconscious. It's part of the unconscious. In other words, like... Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because like, in other words, we're, that's how we're hardwired. We're designed to seek pleasure and avoid pain, and it's something that we're not consciously aware that that's the way we are. That's just the way we are. And, and, and again, like... The, the principles, like why do we decide that one option is we'll, we'll, we predict is going to create more pleasure than pain? You know, there's reasons for this. All right, we're running out of time. Um, I, hope, I hope you understand now why, because you have an unconscious, you don't have a free will. Um, all right, our next show is going to be like no free will as a revolutionary religious precept. I just want to say my number one reason for knowing that free will doesn't exist is that everybody would be blissed out. Yeah. If you had free will, you would never be depressed, you wouldn't get divorced, you would just choose freely good thoughts all the time. That's Absolutely. how you refute it. Absolutely. Think because about Because everybody that. knows that's not possible. we got to do a show on that soon. Absolutely. Think about that. Think about seconds. that. If you had a free will, who would ever choose a, a negative, unpleasant thought? We would never do that. Right? All right. Well, thanks for watching. <laughs> Every week, Wednesday at 11, Channel 56, Time Warner, Manhattan.